I'm thankful we're we're doing this right now, man. Yeah, well, it's been a while. It's been too long. People have been asking, man. People are like, where the fuck are the riffs and lifts duo? Where's the cardio killer? Did he run off a cliff? What what happened? I don't know. Man, I, I, I'm doing I a lot of running. Not yeah. off any cliffs, though. I know, man. We've been busy. That's all. Yes. yes. You've been busy. When you're busy at the show, Death Drive. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, man. I know. I can, I can tell, man. You're really pushing the, pushing the content, pushing the shit. It sounds great. Playlists are shows, great. Show's going good. Uh, we are uh, – the, the summer is, is winding down in university world. We're gearing up for classes to start here in a couple of weeks. Students are moving back to campus. So it's been a pretty busy time. The, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, man, it is. It's going to be wild, but hopefully it's going to be safe and successful. But that remains to be seen. We'll yeah. see how we'll see how it goes. Bro, they uh, the um, PA governor just uh, I, he announced he strongly encourages sports not to start until January, which I feel like is just a nice way to lube people up for sports aren't starting until January. And yeah. as soon as we start fucking with sports, I know something's about to happen. Some sort of violent some sort of Pennsylvania thing. uprising. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm skeptical about kids going back to school at all. To I know. Me, me too. And it's it's I think that it's really fucked up that the health of our economy is so inherently and in, 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 entwined yes. with whether or not kids are in school. I think that that's definitely something worth thinking about. Um, I, I don't have an answer for any of the questions that might arise from thinking about it, but uh, it's definitely something that, like a lot of what we've learned about our country over the last five months, I think, deserves some reflection so uh, think and about. some critical thought. Definitely, man. The best way to do that, though, is probably just listening to Black Sabbath. Yes, you listen to Black Sabbath, you listen to death metal, you listen to the things that distract you, that hopefully let you think in new directions, or, or make you dumber and therefore happier. There's something to be said about that. Absolutely. I, uh, when it comes to a lot of death metal, man, if it doesn't make me feel dumber by the time I'm done listening to it, I don't fuck with it. The cavemen part of it. Absolutely right. The cavemen. Death metal that makes you dumber. Have you got a chance to listen to, I think they're called Xyletha? That is Nick's standard. Is it Zithlia? Zithlia? Zy- I was saying Zythlia. I don't know. I, we're going to have to ask. We're going to have to find out exactly how to say it. But that shit is crazy. It's like it's super, crazy. super dense, like mechanical grind with a whole bunch of dissonant shit going on. This is uh, It'll make scrambled very, very eggs cool. out of your brains. Basically. Yes, it does. It does. And it's one guy. His name's Nick Stanger. State Stanger. We're going to have to ask how he pronounces his last name, too, apparently. That's that's. I, I feel like these are all good opening questions, icebreakers. Hey man, tell hey, us how to pronounce all this shit. Let us know because we're used to caveman death metal, and he is right. a he's in um Ashbringer and yes in Wishfield, and they're pretty um smart sounding metal bands, and he's a good guitar <laughs> player. I think he, <laughs> I, I I think he uh he'll he'll tell us what's up. Gonna be uh, dealing with some big brain shit today. So, uh, I think it's it's gonna be a bit of a stretch, but I think we're up to the task, man. Yeah, man, definitely. I'm stoked to get it back rolling again. While we wait for him to get in here, what uh, what have you been listening to? What are, what are some updates you have for the world? 
Oh man, um, the new Terminal Nation record. Their debut full-length album just came out on 20 bucks spin. It's called Holocene Extinction, and I've been listening to the shit out of that. It is absolutely fantastic. I concur. Uh, really, really, it's, 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 one the, it's one of the angriest records I've heard in a long time. Um, and I think that it's one of the, every now and then, you'll get a record in metal. Because when it when it comes to like pretty much all kinds of metal, a lot of the topical material that we sort of cleave towards can be a little bit I don't want to say stale but timeless isn't necessarily the word that I'm looking for either maybe less relevant uh mm. than some of what we see going on in the world around us but this Terminal Nation record really is the soundtrack to 2020 um it's so pissed off it is very politically motivated I think in all the right ways um and it sounds great and I think that's you know probably the most important part but i've listened yeah. to the shit out of that um that that afterbirth record that came out earlier this year on unique leader four-dimensional flesh is a perfect brutal death metal record um still really into that gore worm i don't know if we talked about gore worm yet or not um, oh, it's been a long time man. yeah dude it has it has i've been listening to the shit out of gore worm um it's kind of got it's more of a technical take on some of the deathcore elements that I feel like a lot of bands kind of try for and end up getting a little bit caught in a rut on. Mm -hmm. uh, they think outside the box in a way that I think is, um, it definitely keeps the music, keeps you guessing. And, and that's really interesting uh, for me and really engaging for me. Um, that Thetis record I've been listening to the shit out of. That new Ulcerate record. You want to talk about some big brain shit. Between like Afterbirth and Ulcerate and Defeated Sanity this year, everybody who like listens to dumb heavy shit is just getting smarter. And I don't know if that's dangerous or not, but probably that, uh, that's the majority of what, what I've been listening to, man. What about you? I have been always, you know, a lot of old shit always, you know, oh, yeah. going back, discovering things. Um, septic Flesh. Out, oh, yes yeah man they're uh they put out a new live lp double live record it sounds immense like literally the most badass thing i've ever heard in my life got it on vinyl it sounds yes. insane came with a came with a dvd though they filmed it in mexico and i went back and listened to like their back catalog that's like a little bit like cradle of filthy but yeah. like it, it's sick though like i I, I septic flesh is slept on for sure for sure. They need to do like an ultimate fan bundle for a release in the future that comes with like one of those latex bodysuits like the singer wears. He's, yeah. And uh, he's got like, it's got like uh, musculature built into it. And uh, like it's always, yes, yes. It looks, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Batman meets like Pinhead from Hellraiser. Right. Uh, but yeah, definitely like the theatricality of what they do is is as much a part of their appearance as it is their music. But it's a lot of lot of cradle comparisons on some of their later stuff, especially um, because you've got that really prominent keyboard presence and it's really symphonic. And I think that uh, they've got some really cool shit. I haven't heard the live one yet though, so I need to check that out. Definitely sounds great. Uh, Church of the Dead. Ever hear of them? They're a self-titled band, self-titled release just came out. They're a uh, finished horror death metal band, and they're awesome. Oh, I haven't heard them. Yeah, you'll love them. I'll send it, send you a link after this. Yeah, hit me up. Church of the Dead rules. And uh, yeah, the album art works great. You'll love it. Everybody yes. check those out. We got Nick in the waiting room. Let's get him on in here. Bring let's him make, in. Let's make him dumber. 
Let's do what we do. We're going to try. Yeah. Let's see what we got. Womp, womp, womp. It's connecting. Hello. Hello, hello. He's, he, we're getting dots. He's connecting to audio. Let's see if he's smart enough. Hey, hey I can hear you. What up, you man? Accept us. Howdy, howdy. Hey, Nick, how hey, you man, doing? How you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're all good. Thanks, thanks for, for uh, having me. Thanks for doing this. I know we've been through some uh, crazy scheduling hoops. You and I have on uh, the sacred Instagram DMs to get you here, but uh, we we're, we've made it, and it's Sabbath Sunday, and we're very thankful for your presence. Thanks. thanks. Yeah. Man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. So we're we're gonna we're gonna break the ice with this one. What is the proper way to pronounce your project, starting with an X, and how it is the proper way to pronounce your last name? Zeislia Stanger. Fuck. Fuck. Yeah. You were right. Have you guys I been debating right. about that? I was. I right. was thinking. I was thinking the Y was like softer. I was thinking Zithlia, uh, but yeah, but that's I'm what a lot of people say. Uh, I was tell me, tell like us. Scythe, like cut off your head with a scythe. You need to. Like, yeah. Let's go. That's the idea. <laughs> tell us. Uh, tell us a little bit about the name, man. What? Uh, what is? What's the story behind that? It's a word I made up. <laughs> That's about nice. it. Yeah. Ways and trails. Yeah. Where did the inspiration for this project come from? I'm going to give a little background, if you don't mind. I'm sorry. Before, no, before go for it. That, for, for the people that don't know, this is a, your solo, like, kind of brutal tech death grind package of sci-fi experimental horror sounds kind of thing. And it's so brutal and so chaotic. And awesome. And it's very different from the bands that you are also in, which is um, Ashbringer and Wishfield. So I would like to know kind of a little bit about the what took you from one place to another on this one. What was the inspiration? Mm -hmm. So um, as far as inspiration goes, I would say it largely had to do with external factors rather than like wanting to wanting to make a project that starts that sounds like any other group in particular. Um, Cause the first couple tracks were like just some riffs I had recorded uh, like sometime last year and they just sat on my hard drive forever. And then um, when, when all the COVID-19 bullshit started happening, um, I, uh, I got put on temporary leave from my job. So I had nothing, nothing but free time. And so I, I just, uh, I ended up opening that session and just turned what I had into a full length album, um, rooted in all the chaos and anxieties that I had been going through. And most people have had probably been going through at the time. Sure. Yeah. Well, it comes across quite well. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think a lot of great music has come out of this quarantine as we kind of predicted or the pandemic, I guess is a better way to put yeah. it as we mm -hmm. predicted at first. Um, yeah. Very, uh, it's very brutal. It's very honest. It's a very good way to let out some emotions. I've been working out to it for weeks now in preparation oh, yeah. for this, but just because it's, it's great. And um, to the point full of energy and uh what yeah. is the um so basically what i'm getting at with all that is how does one man create all of that fucking shit 
Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I basically created the entire thing sitting exactly where I'm sitting right now. I have my pedal boards right here, amp is right here, all my guitars, I have my mic right there. And um, basically my process with it was I just write riffs on Pro Tools, program drums behind it, and that's how I wrote it. I wrote everything basically one riff at a time, like each one into the next there was it it wasn't like i was writing separate songs and then brought them together like it's all one big pro tools session um oh, so it was all recorded kind of at one time like yep. okay so you didn't get yeah. the intent like oh this is going to be this song and this is this you just kind of went with yep. it it was all written in the order that it's in um and yeah I, all the all the guitar takes are i didn't with most of my projects i'll do like a um, like for Ashbringer, what often happens is I'll write like a demo just on my guitar. It's like scratch tracks or something um, and program drums behind it, send it to the other guys and we work, we flesh it out that way. But this project was more like, um, well, all the guitar parts as were the final guitar parts as I was recording them. So there wasn't like a separate demoing phase or anything like that. Um, and a lot of that was because I knew that the that everything I was writing is insanely technical and I didn't really want to have to relearn every single part right. uh, to, to track it all at once. So um, yeah, and just basically, so writing, the writing process is just like guitar and drum programming. And then when I was done with that, I just went back and track bass and then vocals. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how, that's how I got what I got. Uh, you mentioned part of what the, the kickoff behind this or the impetus for this or whatever was the, uh, the pandemic. I think in addition to that, and in addition to the rise of sort of bedroom recording software, you've got really prolific musicians who have, the ability to just sort of sit down and write and record anytime they want. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can, as fast as you can come up with shit, you can, if nothing else, just get like a rough version of it down so you can go back and track right. it later. Right. Get a, get mm -hmm. a cleaned up version of it for someone like you who is in or who has a number of different projects. Uh, you seem like a pretty prolific guy. Is there ever any, not necessarily saying that you set out when you write for a band that you're in or the project that you're doing to sound a certain way, but how is it that you end up drawing the lines or finding the lines between one project and the next? Um, I mean, I usually go into like different things with overarching intentions. Like, like when I was writing this album, like I was specifically writing something to be like extremely visceral and chaotic. And that's, you know, it's, it's not like there was any question at any point that any, anything like that could be used for any of my other bands. Um, but I often think of uh, when I approach writing music, I often go into it with like the album archetype in mind already. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't know. I come up with new ideas for projects all the time. The small percentage of them actually manifest themselves in any meaningful way. Um, and I guess this is just one that made it through the cracks, so to speak. 
what was it about this one that forced its its way through the cracks? If in using, using that analogy, um, how did it uh, how did it how did it earn its spot in the sun? Because it's radically different from say Ashbringer. For yeah, early, you know, it's uh, kind of opposite in some ways. Yeah, well, I've been I've been listening like I've been as much of a fan as like super brutal death metal and tech death shit like that for as long as I've been into the kind of stuff that sounds more like my other projects. Um, so it's kind of always been in the back of my head that I wanted to do like a really intense project one of these days and this and having the having all the free time I had with um, with not having to do my Monday through Friday job for that span of time was uh, kind of the catalyst that allowed me to actually focus on something like that. And I also know that I would have, I would have been really angry at myself if I would have, um, would have gone that whole stretch of time without anything meaningful to show for it. So that was, that was part of what kicked me into gear with working on that shit. Sure. You got anything you want me to, you want me to keep, I feel like I'm hogging. No, no, keep on going. We're All, right. All right, man. Cool. Um, what uh so it's very uh what attracted me to it now i get a lot of you know a lot of music comes on the my radar and you know just as a fan but also in the you know the business i'm in and everything like that mm -hmm. what attracted me to was like it just looked brutal like it looked <laughs> it looked like it was full of just horror you know yeah and yeah it looked like it was gonna hurt me to listen to and then <laughs> i saw that there were some like the longest track is what like three minutes you know, like there, there's something. Like uh, the the longest track is uh, "Fester," which I think is a little under five. But no, that's but the last. The, track yeah, there. the rest of the the rest of the long songs on the record are like three minutes. Right, and then I noticed there's like a 27 second song, a 45. <laughs> so like I knew it was going to be kind of like shotgun to the face kind of thing. And I just, that's what that's what attracted me to it. But uh, was yeah, there, uh, like a horror movie, sci-fi movie kind of influence in the back of your mind going on not necessarily what was like the 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 um the inspiration for like the overwhelming or the overarching theme of the album was um like a youtube video that i that i saw a channel i'm subbed to that of the same title as the album immortality through quantum suicide um which is which is basically like kind of an alternative um many worlds theory to schrodinger's cat and that, well, obviously the title is brutal as shit. So I heard that, and I was like, "That's that's an album name." And um, yeah, I, I guess I just applied that theme and that concept to to this super chaotic music I was working on, and that's kind of how that came about. Fair enough, man. For the <laughs> simple as that, that that, that yeah. makes it better, even. What uh, was there any specific music you were listening to, or brutal death metal bands that specifically you were into at the time of recording that may have, uh, you know, yeah, their way that's in? that's what I that's what I want to talk about. I I, <laughs> I, was, I hear a lot of for you, man. <laughs> yeah, I hear a lot of uh, different influences, and and death metal is kind of where I live. You know, my mm -hmm. my show focuses on death metal, and and the majority of that's one of the things that's really sort of followed me from my childhood all the way up until now, and the some of the recent like really techie grind that i've heard has been some of the most inspired sounding i think that i've heard mm -hmm. in the majority of 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 my life and while i love sort of the sloppier 
um, more traditional grind. Like that last Worm record is fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. um, there was a record that came out last year, uh, Serpent of Gnosis, that had it's a couple of the guys from Job for a Cowboy and uh, Darren Seska from uh, Deeds of Flesh and a couple other couple other dudes in that band. And mm -hmm. what you're doing sounds like it's a little bit in that vein, but I do like how you're also flirting with this industrial edge a little bit to it. So, you know, when you ask a musician sort of what are your influences, we're not necessarily saying like, who are you yeah. trying to cop or anything <laughs> like that? But no, like, I got you. The things that you the things that you create, I think, invariably represent the things that that feed your creativity, right? That feed you as a fan. Absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. What are some of the bands that you're into, and and what where'd you pull inspiration for this kind of music musically, and you know, talk about that stuff. Yeah, so um, so I'm honestly not entirely sure exactly what it was I was particularly listening to at the time. I kind of go through phases where I'm like deep diving into a lot of different music and other phases where I'm just not doing that at all. So that, and oftentimes I'm listening to a lot of music when I'm not creating a lot of music. Um, so, so, but like, as far as like the, the kind of artists that I probably pulled a lot of inspiration from uh, for like this record is like Spawn of Possession, um, Deeds of Flesh. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. The, the goats. Um, hey -oh. It must most most of the I, I don't I don't I'm not as well versed on like the entire sphere of tech death as as um as a lot of people probably expect me to be because because of the record that I made. But okay. yeah, and then, then like more mathy shit like it's always been into like Dillinger and stuff and uh Meshuggah, um Whitechapel, judge me. Um Dude, I love Whitechapel. It's all good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's if you can't tell, he's one of my biggest vocal inspirations. <laughs> okay, that's a pretty yeah. incredible range, man. There's no lying. Yeah. That dude can do a whole lot of different shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I kind of just I kind of just cycle. I go through phases of being into different types of music a lot. Like pretty much ever since the pandemic started, it's just like brutal stuff is what i'm into septic flesh is the band that i'm listening to a lot as of the last week so i just uh, we just said Listen that we this dude we always uh <laughs> just kind of start the show with like what have you been listening to and i i was on a huge septic flesh kick all week because of the release yeah. of the new live record did you hear yep. that yeah it's I, I i only saw the one video the vampire of nazareth which was on youtube um like but i but i i've been meaning to buy buy the dvd to be able to watch the whole thing highly recommended for sure as you yeah. what's your favorite release by them uh i mean codex omega is the one i'm just most familiar with so um it, it wasn't too long ago that i got into them in the first place and that's the most recent record so i mean they're all yeah. great there's no yeah. Wrong yeah. That question. Just, i think i've only really listened to that one and the one prior to it um they have kind of a rich discography if my understanding is correct so one of yeah. these days i'm sure i'll dive deeper into that um but yeah sure. codex omega is um fucking rips front to back so <laughs> the, the, this reminds one. me man um one of the things i forgot to mention in our in our chat at the beginning of the show was a couple of days ago when fucking anil nathrak released that new song from their new record did you hear that i did not neither did i that i haven't listened dude. to them in a long time actually 
That shit is an earworm from hell. It's got like the the vocals are and the chorus are like totally clean, and it's mm-hmm. easily like the catchiest shit you've uh, like. Once you check it out, I think you'll like it. Uh, if you, okay. especially since we're having this conversation about sepic flesh, yeah, um, yeah, it's on, it's on now. Check that shit out. You open the worm. <laughs> you've opened, yeah, you've opened yeah. the thing. No, I'll definitely take a listen to that after we're done here. So you're an eclectic music listener, then obviously, I mean, the bands you're in are very, range range from one side to the other. So what what is some stuff that's maybe not brutal death metal that we might, may or may not be surprised that you're, you're into and heavily influenced by? Uh, well, I mean, like a lot of my favorite bands kind of revolve in like the atmospheric metal world that, um, yeah. that Ashbringer kind of is, is a part of at this point. So um, like Agalock is my all-time favorite band, despite the fact that I don't listen to them a lot anymore. Um, How it goes? They're kind of yeah, they're kind of they're one of those bands to me where it's like I I kind of want to be in the be in the headspace to listen to stuff like that. But I mean, like pretty much the entire umbrella of metal is is like I I, I dabble pretty much everywhere in that, and then outside of that, um, I listen to a lot of like ambient music i guess like uh tim hecker pink courtesy phone um lots of the lots of the names that might come to mind when you think of that um and yeah i mean i like post-rock too uh like dream pop shoegaze stuff um yeah pretty much every kind of music that i make i'm is I kind of just make what I would want to listen to for the most part. So you can kind of, you can kind of draw the lines where what, what you think, what you think I might be inspired by is probably correct. <laughs> I think that's cool though, man. I think that it's interesting to look at the way that we process our influences as creators, yeah. but then also just as fans. And yeah. I, I will never understand the sort of, conservative impulse behind a lot of metal musicians and well not so much the musicians as the fans who were just like you don't only fuck with death metal i don't <laughs> fuck with you and that like, there's this thing that's been circulating on yeah. twitter the last few days about like uh name a con give a confession that would get your metalhead card revoked and i want to be like Ooh. you know what yeah Cringy. Fuck off. I, yeah, like, I don't I don't fuck with that kind of that mentality. <laughs> yeah, like if I want to listen to pop punk or whatever while yeah. I'm going on a run, that's what I'm gonna do. And if you want right. to try and take my metal card from me, then like yeah. come on. Fucking grow up. Learn to enjoy stuff <laughs> and let other people enjoy stuff, right? Yeah. Well it's even within like the metal sphere itself. It's like uh like you can't you're you're not allowed we can't take you seriously if you listen to these metal bands. It's like I don't give a shit, man. I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's one thing to not like something. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to sit here and say that I enjoy all the music that I hear. But I, I, I'm at a point right now, and you know, I was a 16 year old at one time. But I'm at a point now where I feel like the more acceptance, the more acceptance you have with what other people listen to, the more exciting it's going to be able to make the stuff that that they create. And yeah, absolutely. If, you, if you're not like, if you want to be in a brutal death metal band and you're only like you've only got this incestuous loop of brutal death metal that's fucking influencing you, then you're never going to do anything other than just that one thing, you know? But when something new comes in, uh, we were talking about that new Ulcerate record. Um, and, you know, everything Ulcerate's done has always been pretty eclectic, but still uh, mm. 
when you see those other influences coming into especially extreme metal, I think that you're going to get some really interesting results. And, yeah. And sometimes I want to listen to dumb shit, you know, but sometimes I want oh, I listen that's to so much dumb shit. My, my roommates and I go, go through like a weekly new metal binge where Fuck yes. <laughs> what? Tell me about That's your good. new metal. What are your new metal confessions? Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call them confessions as much as like because That's for show, right? But the way the way that I like people always talk about. Well, I like this ironically, but to me, it's like, I mean, like if you get humor out of me out of some music, like you still enjoy it. Like yeah, even if it's not necessarily for the reason the artist intended, and that's and and that's it's just a different way of enjoying yeah. music. But yeah, I mean my my roommates and I will will all the time just like end up on YouTube and like like pull up a Limp Bizkit video and see where the fucking cue takes us from there. Um, and yeah, yeah, we're making fun of it, but we're having fun doing it. So yeah, it's like, like I can't say I don't like it. <laughs> enjoying enjoying something ironically is enjoying something genuinely just in sort of a different way. I yeah, think. absolutely. And, yeah. And I you know, I make jokes about new metal as much as the next guy, but like that without that shit, you know, I grew up in the middle of the woods in the 90s before the, you know, widespread prevalence of the internet and like the way that a lot of that shit filtered down to me trickled down through mtv and it trickled down through right. the bigger magazines at the time um that covered heavy music and so without like limp biscuit and corn and deftones and shit like that i never would have heard deicide i never would have heard cannibal corpse i never would right. have heard any of those bands that I've and there are a lot of bands in that circle that are genuinely like great like i don't i don't know i don't know what anyone what problem anyone could possibly have with like fucking deftones like they're just a great band yeah yeah and, right yeah and slipknot is iowa is in my opinion one of the heaviest albums ever made so <laughs> yeah dude the it is, it is. Iowa for everything about it like i remember being because I'm, I'm 25 so i'm a little mm-hmm. bit younger but seeing the uh like live I'm 23 because you're 23 hell yeah cool so disaster pieces that live in london 2002 thing Mm-hmm. I remember seeing videos of that shit as a kid and being like, I had no idea that death metal could be played in arenas. Like, the, yeah. the heaviest thing. Well, that's the thing is they, they literally put blast beats on the radio. Like, how are you going to fucking, how are you going to knock them for that? Yeah. <laughs> no, well, it is. And it's, Slipknot. Any, any kind of the, when a band with that kind of reach can open doors to, to, again, you know, kids who never would have, and adults too, who never would have heard something even remotely similar to that. Otherwise, like, I understand if you want to maybe take the training wheels off at some point and, and try, you know, riding some trails on your, on your mountain bike, if we want to go through that analogy, but like, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with listening to that shit. And yeah. even if it's what gets you into heavier music, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have shame about it at some point, right you know? right and one yeah. of the interesting things about the new metal era you know back in in the the mid the mid 90s up until like 2002 2003 is that new metal became so popular that it seems like the the heavy music press and then you know the a and r machine at that time the promo machine at that time was working really hard to push all these really diverse bands into and under the new metal umbrella 
when so many of those bands just didn't fucking fit there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's heavy and it has like the slightest bit of commercial sensibility. It fucking must be new metal. But like, yeah. there were so many bands that were doing a whole bunch of really interesting different shit back then that get painted with that brush in retrospect. And it's really not fair. I mean, I, yeah. as much as I enjoy extreme, you know, music, the heavier stuff that's recent, as well as going back to when I was a kid and then back to the eighties before I was even born. Like, um, a lot of the stuff that that I do continue to listen to comes from that era and has been associated with a number of different bands that I think don't sound anything like it. For some right. reason, we love we love labels, right? We love yeah, we love being able to group things together in some sort of arbitrary way. And and I think that more so than now, because it's not to say that nothing is. It's not to say that everything sounds the same now, but the the prevalence of the internet and online connectivity has sort of done away with scenes, I think, in a way yeah. uh, that, you know, when you're learning to play music or when you're discovering a genre for the first time, like you said, you know, you can watch a video on YouTube and then just let it see where it takes you, or you can mm -hmm. put it into Spotify or Pandora, and then it's going to give you a bunch of other shit that kind of sounds the same. Yeah. Um, I do not know where I'm going with this point that I am not making. <laughs> you're uh, making but, a ton of points, man. You're just, you're on it. Don't worry about uh, it. Yeah. Like, well, we haven't, we haven't had a podcast like this in a long time. So like my verbal diarrhea is fucking out of control right now. I haven't We're barely excited. spoken to anybody for weeks. I we're excited to get them on, man. This is, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> no idea. How about, yeah, a lot how of about the coolest this, add, this to your, add this to your roster. What do you think? A new... N.E.W. new metal band by with you in it. New project for you. What do you think? You're you're asking me to do another I'll ask, new project. I'll ask you if you would ever if you would do it if you would, if you would consider that being a thing. I mean I'm I'm I start a new project like every week so yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think that we can start a resurgence of new metal. Yeah, there you go. If a new if a new new metal band comes out, are they considered new metal, or will we have to like label them a different thing? Will, we have, will the internet have to think of a label for them, like new metal X, or you know, the, 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 the new the new wave of American new metal? The, the internet will do the, what it will do. So. Yeah. The NU wave. <laughs> yeah, the the internet's gonna do its thing. It's gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna happen. There's gonna be new, new metal bands pretty soon. I mean, there, there already there already is. There already are. Yeah. Bands. Yeah. That record's pretty cool. What was it? Yeah, it, I, a lot of the vein, um, Code Orange has kind of incorporated some of that stuff into their sound. It's got I a mean, little bit more of an industrial edge to it. Is having an industrial edge enough to be considered a new metal band? I mean, in concert with a lot of the other elements of their newer music, I would say yeah. so. You've got a lot more, it's, it's a lot more beat oriented, I think uh than some of their older stuff was and i also think that there's influences that are coming from other places that are clearly sort of more rooted in hip-hop and groove and yep. you know there's again that's cool it's cool to bring that stuff in it's awesome um, but the thing is when you do bring it in and people start saying yeah there's there's a, a, a new metal vibe to this or something like that automatically there's going to be a section of people who are turned off by it and that's unfortunate but that's that's metal, man. There's going to be, there's yeah. always going to be fucking like naysayers from the top down. And there's, there's nothing. I'm in the about. black metal world. So I know oh, that. God. <laughs> yeah, that sounds brutal. Yeah. I saw, uh, I saw uh, 
uh, fucking somebody retweeted like a Facebook a Facebook group description, and it was like true black metal only. And then there was like a list of shit that you couldn't talk about in that group, and it was like yeah. neo folk pagan atmospheric metal. You can't talk <laughs> about this here. And I want to be like, Jesus. At the end of the day, what's left? If you start yeah. cutting out all of this shit, like you got two bands that you can fucking talk about. So why yeah, not? They just, just they just want a safe that? space for their Nazi bullshit. Well, <laughs> exactly. A lot of the times with with that kind of shit. So yeah, I don't. There's like there's two pretty distinct sections of the black metal world, which is the people who take it like unbelievably seriously, and and those are mo- most often the people who who uh, have no issues with uh, with uh, with Nazis in their scene, but God forbid you like wear a white t-shirt or something. Um, and then the people who are into black metal, but also have a full sense of humor about it, which I, I, I like to think I fall into that camp. <laughs> so there, there is something about Well, let me think more on that before I say what I'm what I'm thinking. Um, black metal always seemed a little too serious for me. I always loved it. I still love black metal. I'm a I'm a I'm a fan. I've always been, but yeah. I've, I've just been attracted to death metal and shit more just because it's like less serious. It yeah. always seemed less serious. I was always a horror movie fan. Yeah, back to new metal. Like I would be nothing without Rob Zombie. <laughs> you know, like shit, like shit, like that. They like got yeah, me absolutely. And Rob Zombie uh, fucking rules. Yeah, man. Yeah, totally. Still listen to that. I, yeah, I, I listen to Rob Zombie's recent shit too. Yeah, it's really interesting. okay. So with 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 like the black metal thing, mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm curious about, and we've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, we had Rocco from Chain to the Dead. He's a very knowledgeable dude when it comes to. Uh, underground death metal and black metal on here. He had some really interesting opinions about this, but especially as you know, as a black metal musician, or or some variant of that, right? It's it's something I'd love to talk to you about too. Mm-hmm. Why is it that this subgenre that sort of started off as a desire for extremity? How has that become so closed off and conservative among the fan base over the years? What do you what do you think makes that scene? Or like you said, it's kind of been divided into two different yeah. distinct scenes there. Yeah, what do you that's think? to oversimplify it, but yes, yes. Sure. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, if if we if we were to try and break down all of the different facets of that, we yeah, I don't think any of us it. have the time to do that today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what's what's the what do you think about that? Like, where do you think that desire comes from? Is it fear? Is it a desire for safety, familiarity? Like, is it hatred of the other? Like, where do you think this comes from? I think it's become kind of like a weird safe space for the for the kind of people who would who would talk shit about any other thing that they would perceive as a safe space. Cause, cause like, you know, when like the original black metal aesthetics were like, we're like, say we're Satanists and be, because that's as counterculture and, and extreme as we can be. And, um, and, but then that kind of evolved to like people, like people um, involved in that scene kind of just adopted like Christian conservative values, but like with corpse paint 
and that's kind of where those people are at at this point and you know i can i can i can look at it and be like this doesn't make any fucking sense but to any to someone who's like who's like in that who like lives that um i imagine it's like i imagine it's has something to do with the outcast factor of it and and the fact that vast majority of these people just are just not great people to begin with yeah um I, yeah there's um, gonna be there is something about that i think that maybe draws even if you say not great people to begin with i'm gonna agree with you on that but at the same time i almost feel like there's a drive to be a worse person that's some kind yeah. sometimes attached to the descent into that world which again is something that i don't really understand at this point yeah it's i don't know it's it's the easiest route to get like everybody to hate you, I guess, because it's not like like despite the fact that like that there's a lot of people in that scene who have the identical views on on like um on like the queer community, the the trans community and and um like non-white people as um as like a lot of like far right American conservatives um like that they're never going to be accepted by by those people, but nonetheless, they share those values, which makes people like me, and you know, people on the people on the other end of the spectrum, um, like a lot, understandably, have a lot of uh, ill will towards people like that. So sure. I don't know. Like I guess it's I guess if like your whole thing is you just want ev everybody except your very specific circle to fucking hate you. I guess that's the I guess that's the route to take. Um, be a dick. Play yeah, music be a, that's be, difficult yeah. to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I, you know, one of the things that we are different philosophical aspects have sort of made their way into mainstream culture at this particular juncture in history in a way that I don't know that they've ever been before in America, mm -hmm. and we are specifically seeing a whole lot of cultural friction uh, between Marxism or what what's what's being called marxism by the right right um and and capitalism and specifically with the problems with race and the problems with misogyny and the problems with um a whole lot of other topics involving diversity that we have in this country one of the sort of common talking points that i see coming up now is the connection between capitalism and inherent misogyny and inherent racism mm -hmm. right and so when I see something like black metal, which is supposed to be about extremity, right? And it's supposed to be, and, and extremity is an inherently progressive impetus, right? right? When you see something like that happening, I can't help but wonder, is the sort of commodification of extreme music what has made this a bastion for far-right beliefs, right? Yeah. Is it the fact that these things have become marketable in some way? Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's maybe the connection or... Um, I'm I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. I mean, like a lot of people will look at like something like brutal death metal and and see instead of like seeing it as an outlet for for like for extremity, take that and you know put give the give like a super misogynistic person the tools needed to create a death metal record. They're gonna write a record about like brutalizing women which is what which is what we see a lot and yes. um 
say I guess the same applies to like racists. You give them if if they start writing black metal, it's gonna it's gonna be Nazi bullshit. And um, I don't know, like people like I feel like people like that don't have the ability to see any nuances in like these these types of art beyond like this is extreme and it's also extreme to be racist in the eyes of uh in the in the eyes of you know people like me and people in the people in circles that have no tolerance for that and so that's that's how they choose to express that when in when in reality the way i see it is like what is really counter culture what what is actually subversive is fighting against like the higher authority systems that are there to keep people down in the first place that's fucking metal yeah that's 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 what's metal to me and that's and but you know they're ironically in pursuing their own version of extremity they're just doing they're just doing dirty work for for the same authorities that want us to that that have a problem with the same people that they have a problem with. So I don't know. It's at a certain point, it, it, it becomes, it's a lot harder to like, like you can try to think of it like from a rational point of view, but it's when you get deep down into it, it's just not yeah. rational. So we are not rational creatures, brother. Right. That is not, right. that is not <laughs> where we are right now. Yeah. It comes down to what you said a few minutes ago, that, that, just has to do with the fact that a lot of people are shitty and stupid to begin with and mm-hmm. they find themselves in this death and this black metal world and use that as a convenient outlet for their stupid, you know, nature. Um, right. Because well, one of the, I, go ahead. I, don't know, I was just going to say, I, I see a lot of people in the black metal community that are very much like, like Nick, like very opposite of all, of all that too. Like uh, mm-hmm. for a mainstream example, like Nurgle from behemoth, if you listen to any of his interviews and and shit like that he doesn't he seems like a very cool dude very accepting dude and uh um, yeah he said some weird stuff too but yeah. i i know i know what i know what you're talking about though like yeah and he doesn't i i i'd go so far as to say the weird stuff that he says almost feels like it comes from and god i'm not trying to go to bat for anybody who's saying shitty shit here right right but when he says stuff that is questionable it almost sounds like it's coming from like an aloofness perspective rather than like right that's that's all that's always the vibe i've gotten like i don't i don't have i don't have like as a huge emotional connection to like his personal convictions so i i don't i i don't like i don't think he's like I don't think he's like the worst of the worst in black metal I, yeah. or anything I, by, by no means. But I, I like anytime, any like dumb comment I've ever heard him say just like kind of sounds like it's coming from a place of ignorance. Yeah. Because and I think that Zach, that's what you're, you're getting at, right? Is that he, he seems more like if he seems like the kind of person who, when he does say something like that, if he's corrected or if he's educated about it, he might end up changing his mind and, and walking that back. And I think that if more people were like that, if more, especially, you know, people who have a, a particularly big presence in extreme metal, I think that if, if that were normalizable, <laughs> that yeah. would be something that could maybe spread throughout the community in a really constructive way. Yeah. But yeah, I, like again, I, again, I don't, I don't think the dude's like an, an asshole outright or anything like that, but it is interesting that you bring him up because he does, while he does seem accepting, right? He is an example of sometimes we just say things that yeah. are 
maybe ill-informed or maybe uh, you need to be kind of Yeah, he's kind of an interesting example of like he's said he's said stuff that's offensive to both like the left side of things and the right side of things. So I I don't know. It's it's, I also think that has to do with kind of theatrics, and he could kind of just be oh for sure. Yeah, I mean in in a in a way, absolutely. I mean, like you know, it's a fucking Polish death metal band. You know what I mean? If you look at sort of the religious presence in that country and the way that it's linked to the government, like... Well, blasphemy that, is illegal in Poland. Yeah, so, that kind and that's, of... that's, like, a lot of his, like, big fight is... he's He's been to court, like, multiple times over yeah, that shit. Yeah. Um, and, and that, you know, I that's, think... That, that, that's, like, the side of him that's, like, like yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. And well, black, and when like, that's you know, your... Like, when that's... Shit like that. Yeah, when that's and when that's your bread and butter, like it's well, like like it's been for him, I think that maybe it becomes a tool that you that you use to engage topics that aren't necessarily maybe meant for that, right? Yeah. Um, if if your greatest weapon is a hammer, what is it? You know, if if if, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So if yeah. like if that's the greatest weapon that he has in that particular culture in their society to to make his voice known and maybe uh, to get dissent out in a way that is healthy or uh socially conscious why wouldn't you end up trying you know maybe using that same approach with stuff that maybe demands a little bit more of a of a accepting or or gentle hand but yeah you know i think that one of the things that we and as the as the pandemic rages on i'm starting to lose hope in this uh but one of the things that i have hoped for throughout all of this is not just among the metal community, but among like the, the partisan political aspects of, of the way people see each other in the United States is that maybe these things would start to be replaced a little bit by a more universal empathy um, mm-hmm. for the fact that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say COVID is the great like leveler because it's not, it disproportionately yeah. affects people of color, it disproportionately affects people of lower class uh, who make mm-hmm. less money, who have less money, who have less means. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, there is something about illness and mortality that is widespread that I would think would make you want to share life with people more. Um, And I I don't know. I I feel like that's just not the direction that we've gone in since this whole thing has started. That's that's sad. It's depressing. Yeah, but on the other side of that, like me being like a Minneapolis resident, like I was, I was, I was there when all the, when they killed George Floyd, and you know, I got, I got a sense that like, you know, as a whole, like as a city, like people seemed very ready to like reevaluate, like, and I'm, I'm talking about people. I'm not talking about our city government or the right. police or anything. But as but as far as like on an individual to individual basis, like a lot of a, a lot of my friends who like who like I'm not going to say they they don't care about politics, but but might not be something that's at like the forefront of their minds um, or something they want to talk about very often became like radicalized in that moment and were out there like on the front lines, you know, fighting for justice with with all the rest of us, and that was kind of, that was really eye-opening and gave me uh, gave me the most the, the most hope that I've had all year I guess yeah. um, and a lot of that stuff is still happening despite the fact that it's not really being covered as much and you know it's a it's a it's it's less chaotic here than it was uh, when it started um, 
but uh but yeah like i don't know it was just pretty incredible to see like how like my basically my entire city show up for that and it was one of the it's definitely not something i'll ever forget and that's it, it is it's amazing and it's empowering for mm -hmm. the rest of the country for people who do want change even yeah. though it feels too hopeless to even try in a lot of cases right. like i'm i'm in south carolina man the fight here is fucking uphill yeah <laughs> uh but but to see what's happened in minneapolis and to see what's happened in the pacific northwest um i think that hopefully there are people out there who are being inspired by this in really constructive ways of course you're going to have people yeah. who are scared of it um because it, it but that's kind of the point right um yeah. it doesn't we're at the point right now where people are trying harder than ever to maintain a division between quote unquote politics and everything else whether it's sports whether it's art whether it's money whether it's illness what whatever it is right don't i don't want my you know all you've got to do is is go to a comment section on like fucking blabbermouth or something like that when anybody whether it's like a fucking deathcore musician who lives at home and has no money all the way up to like fucking axel rose or somebody a breath of political partisanship yeah the comment section is shut the fuck up and play music you know yeah what do you think what i'm saying is that that divide does not exist it never has it cannot but that raises interesting questions about what our responsibilities are in our different pursuits, right? If mm -hmm. we say that everything is political. So as a musician, as an artist, do you feel like you have some sort of a responsibility to connect the way that you see the world for people with the way that you create music, the way that you want your music to hear, the way that you want it to be represented? Yes. It's always been, or for as long as, you know, I've been thinking about stuff like this, it's always been my opinion that art, is inherently political whether you like it or not because it's nothing is made in a vacuum like like i would i would struggle to find you know the the political message behind something like pong but nonetheless it was made by human beings and people who came from a certain socioeconomic background who were able to do what they're able to do because of you know certain privileges they had or lack thereof um so it's, and I think earlier in like my, my, like, um, my pursuits as a musician, I would have, I would have been more of the kind of person to, while that might've been my opinion, I'm, I, I would have uh, maybe not said as much publicly to, so as to not be divided, divisive or whatever. But, um, but as, like the last couple of years and especially like the last few months, like all that's kind of just completely dissolved for me. Like I have no, I have no interest in pretending that I don't have like the convictions that I have. And frankly, if like, if me posting like black lives matter on my Instagram, like pisses off some people and they stop supporting me because of it, then good. Like, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want the kind of people who wince at like basic, you know, social justice, you know, I, I don't want those people in my circle. And while at the same time, I do want to be, I want to be the kind of person who, um, I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. Um, I want there to be a, a way out for people who have shitty beliefs. And, you know, I, when I was, when I was 
when I was in high school, um, you know, I, I did have some less than like less than woke beliefs, if you will. Um, and so I, so I know what it's like to like come from a background where, um, where like certain, um, certain things are ingrained in your psyche because that's what the culture, um, perpetuates. Um, but at a certain point, I feel like you have the personal responsibility to evaluate the way, the way you think about certain things and, um, and through that, you know, develop, develop beliefs and, you know, not be quiet about them, I guess. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I've, cause, cause it's not like I'm like famous or anything, but I do have a platform and right. I want to use that, um, for, for the greater good. Um, and that, that's what I try to do. And, you know, I've had, I've had people tell me that the kind of stuff that I say is like helpful. And that's, that's, that's nice to hear from people always. It makes me and I, val you know, further validates. Yes, I would think so. I would hope so. And, and as much as I would never want to police anybody else's activism, I do think it's important from time to time to understand how powerful it is to be the voice that can change a mind yeah. rather than the fist that can knock out a Nazi. You know right. what I mean? Um, yeah. And again, if you do, do what you're going to do, however you represent yourself and however you want to get your beliefs out there, whatever kind of, mm -hmm. of vocal you are being, uh, that's on you. And it's, it's not my place to tell anybody how to change. But I do think that there is something to be said for the person who is willing. I'm not going to say reach across the aisle because that at this point is fucking bullshit. But the person, the person who is willing to say, I have had shitty beliefs in the past. And I occasionally catch myself allowing those shitty to beliefs, shitty beliefs from my past to inform the way I see the world at my present. Mm -hmm. And I am a fallible person uh, who is proof, though, that you can learn, you can change, and you can yeah. continuously check yourself. And I think that, that that is a message that sometimes gets lost behind the extremity yeah. of smash the enemy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have some – it's kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, sure. on one hand – on one hand, it's like, yes, I do want – I do want – there to be an out for people who have shitty beliefs, not necessarily people who have like done horrible, unspeakable things, but you know, people who maybe just have, just haven't properly been educated or don't, don't understand um, like the Nate or are just stuck in their bubble, I guess. Um, but at the same time, um, at the same time, you know, uh, that's, reaching out to people like that is is dangerous for a lot of people like genuinely like like and that's kind of where i think people who have similar privileges to me can kind of come in and be like uh, and be the people to you know maybe be the out for some people or be a resource or like i like i'm not quiet about my opinions and i want people to people to hear them um, including people who don't share the same beliefs that I do. And that doesn't mean I have to be friends with anybody who's, who, who espouses like awful unspeakable beliefs. Um, I just, I, but at the end of the day, I do want those people to not have those beliefs anymore. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cause I, I, I struggle a lot with the thought of like balancing that with like, um, 
with like, well, um, you put like how much effort you put into humanizing them, like, like people who believe horrible things. It's like that, that inherently puts, you know, vulnerable people in danger. And so I, so I try to be careful about like, about like how, like, I, I like, I've never been the kind of person to, to be like, we just need to be friends with everybody. And then, then every, then everything will be fine. Like, no. And there are people who are too far gone and we have to acknowledge that. But, you know, like the, the edgy high school 4chaner um, who's grown up in an echo chamber and, you know, maybe maybe that person can be reached. And, yeah. you know, I, you know, at the very least, I want to I want to I want to be in public expressing the beliefs I have in like a somewhat articulate way to where, you know, maybe some people can see that and maybe and hopefully, you know, start to question the things that they think, I guess. And I think that that is a very respectable and, and open way to present yourself. Mm -hmm. It's important, too, because a lot of those kids in high school, they only listen to people like you, us, you know, people, uh, musicians, what their opinions yeah. are, you know, things they don't have a good support system. They don't have a dad to come home to and like ask questions to or his opinions worse than theirs or something like that. So, yeah, I think that's a really responsible attitude to have. Now, mm -hmm. that being said, I don't think every band needs to be Rage Against the Machine. You know, I think. I, yeah, and I agree. Yeah. So, but just how you conduct yourself on your platform, though, mm -hmm. you know, is, is huge. So that, yeah. that's a great thing that you're doing. And yeah. a lot, I, th I see that in the, in the metal world a lot, not specifically in the black metal world, but, you know. All well, there's a lot, there's a lot more of it than you'd think these days in the black metal world, like specifically sure. in the last few years. Um, like us who are sick of, you know, NSBM, you know, white supremacist bullshit in, in black metal are, have become very loud about it in the last couple of years. Um, is, it, so, is, there, yeah. is, there, is that really still like super prevalent though? I mean, I'm out of the world, you know, way more than me. That's why I'm asking like how much of that is like still coming out. I mean, NSBM? it's all, it, yeah, it's all still there. Yeah, like it's it's, like it's, it's never it's it's metal. never gone away, um, and you know, kind of the like how the internet works is it kind of facilitates it in the way in that it, you know anybody can put out whatever music they want, which is a good thing, um, but that's going to inevitably lead way to because like someone someone who's writing you know racist racist music and just puts it out like if like you can just do that from your bedroom. You don't have to be held accountable to anybody. So it's not like, like even if, even if like you have an entire subculture of people who hate you because of it, it's like you may well never experience any real consequences for that in your personal life. Um, and that's, that's how also a lot of, a lot of those people are cowards and don't actually put their names. <laughs> yeah. This so. is when the hoods come in an abbreviation for their right. names and shit. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, you know, the, the internet echo chamber, you talked about like a sort of an echo chamber or a feedback loop that people get, you know, if you're raised in a racist family or something like that, I, I feel like the, the internet can be even more of one than mm -hmm. a lot of the actual physical. Absolutely. You yeah. In life, you know, it's, Good point. it's very easy to sort of, 
curtail your interaction with communities that disagree with you. And I think that if yeah. you start off going down that road of just saying, well, I disagree with these other people, so I'm going to stop paying attention to them, or I'm going to isolate myself from them, that makes you more susceptible to extremity and whatever uh, echo chamber you've chosen to situate yourself. And the internet right. makes that really fucking easy. Yeah. In spite and of that, and nobody, nobody's immune to that. Nobody, nobody is, nobody's immune to propaganda or, their, or cultural biases, shit like that. Um, but, you know, at a certain point, it's important to recognize, um, you know, when when you might be biased about something or when you might not have as full of an understanding of something that you might think you do. So I, I try to be mindful of that and, and, and I'm sure many people do, so. Um, well, thanks for what turned, you're doing, bro. This has turned into like a super serious fucking <laughs> socio-political conversation here. But I mean, it's important. Yeah. I, think that <laughs> I mean, these are the conversations I have with my friends all the time. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, obviously it's all very Im more, more important than, you know, any riffs we could be talking about. So I'm, I'm more than happy to have these conversations. But it's fucking sick when these conversations come with riffs <laughs> yes yeah i won't argue with that <laughs> that being said nick i gotta ask you what's your favorite black sabbath album this is the question um, baby I see do. it's in, it, it's interesting because a lot of a lot of like the classic metal um stuff was like the stuff that you know got me into like the world of metal sure. is like i listened to a lot of that stuff before i was like listening to music on like a, an album to album basis okay yeah. um like you know i have a lot of fond memories with like master of reality so i guess i could i could point to that one I'll, or the self-titled one you know war pigs is and 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 you know paranoid war pigs is one of my favorite metal songs of all time so also a very not a political song <laughs> yeah yeah right i know that's 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 yeah, that's people. I, I I always laugh when like people talk about like how metal should be like apolitical or something. It's like it never has been, and it's never, never. going to be. And it's fucking hilarious the uh, the backlash from a big chunk of the Black Sabbath community when they did the Black Lives Matter shirt. In yeah. The, uh, in the master of reality font people are just like yeah no i feel like yeah. did you fucking listen to this band before <laughs> i know yeah. wow that's so sad that made me so sad i just yeah, i know same here but that is interesting weird. to think about um zach and maybe we should keep this in mind for future for future uh grilling of yeah, guests yeah. about black sabbath <laughs> is that a lot of the people that we're gonna talk to um probably got into music sort of after the the era of the album definitely mm -hmm. and so it's it's interesting to i don't know what could we say what's your favorite sabbath song what's your favorite sabbath era i don't, I don't know man it's really it's an interesting thing to think about because it all does really kind of blend together when it's just spotify or something hitting yeah you with. well the thing the thing is like once i've got more into like metal i did I, I, I and i do listen to music on more of an album to album basis than anything else at this point um like i don't think that format is going away anytime soon and you know as much as i try to be like anti-traditionalism like that is one of the 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 album format is something that i that i am that i have an attachment to um and if we ever 
if we ever uh, come into like a post album like music scene that's going to be really weird for me and probably a lot of people i don't think that'll ever like fully happen but not in metal i, mean, I don't I, think yeah i know so. yeah yeah but but we are going to get to a point where like more artists start questioning like well why why does this need to be like this long form format um just because we've been doing it for however many years um and that's a valid conversation but you know for me for me as like a creator it's like the 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 limitations and like the the format of like writing an album um ha has been like a useful creative like framework to work with sure. and that's like like i don't i don't i don't write songs like haphazardly and then piece them together into an album like i'm writing in context of like a of like an album or something like that I, and i usually know like what the theme is or something when i'm getting into that so I mean, it's a story at the end of the day. The art of telling yeah. story has never gone away. It's the oldest art there is. You know, movie theaters can shut down, but there's going to be 30 new series on Netflix tomorrow. And people right. are going to be fascinated with stories. And I don't think, you know, the album's going away. I can see EPs being like a, the more prevalent thing in the future yeah. for shorter releases. But uh, yeah. 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 I mean, that's already kind of a thing in a lot of, yeah. in a lot of metal subgenres like when i was in high school i was in the metalcore scene nobody was putting out albums my band was like the only band that had a full length at the time everyone just put out, out like four or five song eps which is cool right. but it's in its own right and and it's for like for like new like local bands it's like it's a pretty good way to like get yourself out there without having to like commit to like everything that goes along with um you know making a full length record um so I get it, but um, I don't know. The album is just like a format that I've always worked with. And I, I, it's pretty rare that I put something out like that, that isn't like in the context of a full length record, not saying it won't happen more in the future. Um, it's just kind of how it's gone for me so far, I guess. Well, we we're looking forward to what you do next and what yeah, you sure. do, man. Keep us uh, keep us in the loop, man. Keep yeah, absolutely. Talking. It was a pleasure to have you on the show, man. It was, it was pleasure a to talk to you, guys. dude. You you rock, man. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, brother. Okay. Talk yeah, to you again soon, man. Thank you so absolutely. much. Absolutely. Let's keep in touch. You guys oh, have yeah, a good one. Sure, definitely. What a good dude. I knew it. I knew it we always good. say that. I'm I'm glad that we've picked all good dudes so far. We need to pick some good women too. We need to diversify this motherfucker. Yeah, you think you can get a girl to talk to me and you for more than 25 minutes? I might. I, I, I might. It's yeah. worth a try. I already got a couple of people in mind. I think I might be able to come up with a couple of people yeah. who have come on this podcast and talk to us and deal with our bullshit for an hour. I think so. I mean, that's another thing that was kind of holding us back, or at least holding me back. I just want to find the right guests, you know, so I knew, I knew you'd be a good fit. And uh, Yeah, I'm yeah. Mistaken. So we know now the name of the band is Zithlia. Zithlia, uh, fuck. <laughs> Zithlia is the I, name of the band. Yes. Uh, the You're name wrong. of the album is... Uh, it's suicide. Immortality Through yes. Quantum Suicide, which is a fucking baller name for an album. Brutal name. Um, I am definitely looking forward to continuing to dive down this hole. I love the extremity of it, and it's always good. Like we 
like we have been fortunate enough to be able to say after every conversation like this that we have, um, it's always good to know that the art that you like is created by people you can appreciate. Absolutely. That's why we do it, man. And I appreciate you. Dude, I appreciate you. Hope shit keeps Bro. going good up there. I hope that fucking Pennsylvania does not have to rise up and revolt against the shutting down of sports. Hope that you guys take care. Me too, man. I hope you're doing whatever you need to do to keep South Carolina together. I think you're the only thing that's keeping them together, man. Maybe so. I'm trying to project my energy out and, and fucking heal the world. I don't think I'm doing a very good job. You're uh, doing just fine. I'm gonna, I need to send you some more shirts, so I expect a package soon. I'm going to hook you up. Oh, brother, I could yeah. use it. Thank I you have. so much. No problem, man. Much love.